Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the daily edition of the Catholic Traveler podcast, where we're taking you each day to the station churches of Lent. And today is Mountain's favorite. It's definitely a favorite. And we're a little late today. We're actually really late. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Usually it's up first thing in the morning, and not today. We'll blame daylight savings time. No, we're going to blame Rome being locked down. Okay. Because I don't know if everybody knows, but Rome is going into lockdown again tomorrow. And so this is our last day to eat at a restaurant, have coffee in a bar. Here, bars are like coffee shops. Or go for walks. And so this morning, that's what I did. I went out, went for a walk, had coffee, and went to visit today's church. And so we're recording late in the day. Actually, it's still morning for you, isn't it? I have no idea what time it is. It is. It's still morning. We'll see when it actually gets posted. But I got completely thrown off by daylight savings time, and I thought I was setting my alarm for one time, and I overslept. But that's okay. So, but we're here now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm all thrown off because we weren't expecting to be locked down. And so they announced it on, I think it was Friday, just the last few days have been all crazy trying to get things done. You have a lot to do. Yeah. Anyway, but today we rejoice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rejoice Jerusalem. Laetare. Did we already say which church we were in? I don't know if we said it. (laughs) I was going to explain why we're rejoicing, but okay, you can ahead. say what you're saying. No, I, I just... Well, for those of... For, I just want to kind of explain that why Mountain said to rejoice is because today is considered in the church calendar Laetare Sunday, which means to rejoice. And it comes from the opening, um, the what we would call the introit. Um, many times churches don't pray the introits because there's an opening song, but each mass has an introit at the beginning. And this verse from Isaiah 66 commands us to rejoice. And so it's Laetare, Jerusalem. A lot of our liturgies get their names from that first word of the introit. So today we rejoice. So it's Laetare, Jerusalem, and today's church is Holy Cross in Jerusalem. So Santa Croce in Jerusalem. And this is a church we're going to visit again on Good Friday for a very specific reason. So we're going to save part of that for that episode because that'll be a good one. Okay. I mean, this was a good okay. one too. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so we don't want to give away everything because then on Good okay, Friday, you'll, for that warning. you'll good on Good Friday, you'll just be, I don't you're know, right. you, know, you won't have anything to listen okay. to. Uh, we didn't talk about that beforehand, so I'm glad you're mentioning that. And I think it's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about it twice. No. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Um, so Santa Croce in Jerusalem, this church is located just inside the walls of Rome down the street from another church we visited a few weeks ago, the cathedral, St. John Lateran. So do you want to tell the people why it is where it is? Sure. So it's down the street because it was a it was a palace that Constantine eventually gave to his mother. And so his mother kind of built up the palace a little bit. But his mother was St. Helen. And we, I mean, she wasn't St. Helen when she was alive, but she was Helen and now we call her St. Helen. And she lived here and she built a beautiful chapel here, which is um, the remnants of that chapel are part of today's church. So it's close to St. John Lateran. And she was Christian even before Constantine was Christian. And um, she was very important to the early Christian faith for a variety of reasons. Good thing he didn't kill her. Good thing. <laughs> 
he wasn't really big on Roman on Christian persecution, but right, yeah, that, right, that's right. A, that's yeah, just a little martyr humor there. Yeah, <laughs> right. So she lived here right down the. He, sh- do, he did kill other people. So, but okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so she yeah. lived here right down the street from what is now the cathedral, the first legal church in Rome. And it's really, I mean, it's like a, maybe a 10-minute walk. You can see one church from the other church. There's a lovely park in between them. And it is really, it's kind of built right into the walls of Rome. Um, so again, on the outskirts of the city. Um, but it's a lovely area. The park is beautiful there. There's a little dog walk. There's a playground. So it's a nice area to visit. I mean, you should definitely visit this church. But if you're looking for a place to go to a church and then have a little relaxing stroll, There is a nice park right there. Um, And yes, so we mentioned the name Holy Cross in Jerusalem. You mentioned that she built a chapel here. And it's called in Jerusalem because she brought some dirt from the Holy Land and built the house on that soil. And so when you visit this church, you're actually, in a way, standing in Jerusalem because you're standing on soil from Jerusalem. Oh, you're actually, you're standing on marble that is on top of the soil. They don't just have dirt scattered around the church. (laughs) Yeah, so this church plays a role in something that we see today at Mass. So many of you have probably already been to Mass by this point, and maybe you notice that your priest possibly is wearing rose-colored vestments. Sometimes, I mean, they're only used twice a year, so a lot of churches don't have them. They'll just keep wearing the purple. Um, But this is one of the two times a year that priests can wear rose and oftentimes they make like the joke, like, it's not pink, it's rose. Jesus didn't pink from I the dead. I hate that. I do too. Oh. I do too. Hopefully no, none of the priests like, listening own do it. that. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, fathers. Um, I mean, just, I don't know. I think because they say it every year, it gets a little old. And, right. And great, like some of their vestments are pretty pink. Some of them say, are but. awful. Like <laughs> some of the, yeah, it's definitely pink. Actually, one of my favorite, I have lots of favorite Rome memories, but a priest friend came into town and had a little bit of time before his pilgrim group came in. And so we spent a day running priest errands together. It was so fun. But one of our stops was on liturgical row by by, um, Santa Maria Sopa Minerva, and we picked out Rose um, material. So his mom, I think, or maybe an aunt could make vestments, and it was so fun. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's... (laughs) <laughs> so, like one of the the big tailors for the for priest vestments is Gamarelli's. I think we talked about that when we talked about the area around Santa Maria Sopra Minerva or the Pantheon. Um, and so, twice a year around this time, they'll put their rose vestments in the window, and it's just so pretty. It's yeah. it's my favorite. I love the rose like, vestments. Real rose looks a little bit more like a purplish, like penitential pink than like a pe- Pepto Bismol pink. Yeah. But a lot of vestments over here are pretty Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. And it's but kind of like a okay. salmon color sometimes you'll see. Yes. Yeah. They make some really pretty pink vestments and then also some really hideous pink vestments. Or rose. Now I'm saying pink. Rose vestments. <laughs> right. Well, they basically... Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the connection with Santa Croce? So about 900 years ago, the Pope would go to today's station church on Leitari Sunday, and he would bless a golden rose that was then given to someone who is doing something significant in the Catholic community. So it might be an individual or something. Um, And then that rose was presented to them. And so that became known as Rose Sunday, and they started wearing rose vestments 
And then eventually that spread throughout the universal church, but it started right here. And now the Pope doesn't go there anymore on today, uh, but they still do the golden rose blessing, not at this church. I think it's probably done at the Vatican or something. And it's no longer given to individuals because they kind of messed up a few times. Like Henry VIII received it a few times. So they're like- Three times. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't give it to like individuals anymore. So now they give it to like schools or organizations or even shrines, like the uh, the Knox Shrine in Ireland received it a few years ago. Mm. Um, and so now they're a little more- careful about who receives this golden rose. Now, just a little like historical side note, Henry VIII, before he, you know, became famous for basically leaving the church over a woman, um, he, or, his, you know, his heirs, he, um, he was a great defender of the church and he won kind of received the title great defender of the faith. And so I think it's a good reminder to us that um, not to put too much faith in people because people change, um, so Henry VIII did defend the church for many years. He obviously received this rose for a reason. And then um, sin and power and a number of other things caused him to to think himself better than the church. So I think it's a good reminder to us to that people change and to not put our faith in people as much as in God, because people will disappoint us. Right. Speaking of disappointment. Um <laughs> <laughs> Nice segue. Yeah. A few years ago, uh, well, we talked, maybe when we were talking about San Marco, we were talking about how some priests like to do everything in Rome and there's others that don't do anything. And so uh, a few years ago, I, maybe it was on Twitter or something, I wrote that today's church is where the Rose Vestment started. And one of our listeners, actually, Father Michael Earthman, who lived here in Rome, he's one of those priests that would do everything he could because he knew he wasn't going to be here forever. He wanted to experience it all. And he saw that and he was like, oh, I didn't realize that. And so he went to the mass and I went as well. And um, he wanted to can celebrate. So he went back in the sacristy and he was like, hey, can I can celebrate? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they laid out purple vestments. And I was very, <laughs> very disappointed because yeah. for years I knew, you know, like that this is where the rose vestment started. The rose vestments might it's my favorite day of the year or favorite two days of the year. And for some, somehow I had never seen rose vestments in Rome. Like I always went to the wrong church, the Latin <laughs> church here, they have beautiful rose vestments, but for whatever reason, I've never made it for Gaudete or Latari Sunday. Um, St. Peter's when I've gone to mass there, it's always purple I've always missed the rose. So I was like, I'm going to that church this year. I'm going to see the rose. I get there, purple. So he, was a, all little, he was a little disappointed too. Um, I think I remember him tweeting about it. Yeah. upset, actually. Yeah, I got a really good picture of him because, again, it's a station day, so the churches bring out the relics. This church has some pretty amazing relics. Again, we'll get into why they're there, what they are. But one of them is the titulus that hung above the cross, the title, the INRI. And so they had that out on the altar, and after Mass, they went to put them away, and um, Father Earthman actually got to carry it, and he wasn't expecting that at all. So that wow. kind of made up for having to wear purple at the Rose Vestment <laughs> Church. Um, but I went there this morning, and they were wearing rose, so I was pleasantly <gasps> surprised. Oh, that's great! Yeah. It wasn't the prettiest rose, but it still made me feel warm and fuzzy. Good. And they had these amazing bells. 
I'd never heard the bells at Santa Croce either. I guess as many times as I've been there, I always miss the bells. I guess they ring them. They probably ring them just 15 minutes before mass. That's what a lot of the churches here do. So not on the hour. And so I'd never heard them. They were beautiful. They were impressive. So I was definitely rejoicing out yeah. in the parking lot before I went in. I was going to say, much to rejoice about. Yeah. So, Joni, what else can we talk about without talking about the other thing? Well, you can. So the church obviously has been rebuilt, restored. Um, you're not walking into the Constantinian era basilica when you walk in. But it is neat. You can walk behind the altar and there's a like a like a little sloping walk, and so you kind of walk down to the present, or I'm sorry, you walk down to the original level, and so you have to kind of go behind the main altar. But we've celebrated mass there before. Well, we haven't celebrated mass, but our group has <laughs> has been at a mass where our chaplain celebrated mass, and um, it's neat to go back behind the altar like that because you you're going down closer to the dirt maybe that it was built on. Um, and people kind of tuck prayer intentions underneath a statue of St. Helen. And it's I, I like going down there because you are kind of going back to the, the roots of the church. Yeah. And there's um there's a triptych down there that you know, it's like the three hinged panels with a painting on it that has hundreds of relics, like tiny little relics in it, um, around an image of Christ that is thought to be painted by Pope Saint Gregory the Great. Oh, wow. So he had a vision of Christ, and then he painted it. So he's the reason we visit a lot of these churches, and so it's kind of cool Mm -hmm. to have that extra bonus connection. Yeah. So a lot of cool things about this church. There's also tons of saints buried here, but they're not like out on display. They're kind of up in – there's like an attic here. I don't know what the proper term – for it is in a church. <laughs> um, the sacristan there, I'm there so often that the sacristan knows me and he'll come over and talk to me. And um, he's Filipino. So anytime I have people from the Philippines with me, like he can spot them like as soon as they walk in and he mm. runs over and starts talking to them. And so that's like the best for me because he wants to show them everything. And so he takes us to all these weird places in the church I've never been to. And he starts pointing out like, oh, behind this wall, there's this saint buried. And there's this tomb under the floor over here, and up in the attic, we have like 20 people buried up there, and so a lot of cool stuff in this church, and um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. It's like my top two. We'll visit. Should we mention- Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Should we mention that other person buried there? Uh, yeah. You want to talk about her? Um, so there's a, a young child that's buried- in one of the side chapels that we'll talk more about um, the side chapel on Good Friday. But um, her name is Antoinetta Mayo, and she um, died of an, an early age of, a, of, a, of an illness, um, cancer, I believe. And so she offered her suffering to Christ as she suffered, and she would write letters to Christ. And so when she died, her cause for canonization was opened up because of her holiness and her sanctity and her real understanding of redemptive suffering from even this young age. And so she was a parishioner of Santa Croce. And so her tomb is there. You can see her tomb. And they have some of her little toys. 
And I think it's a, a beautiful reminder of our a universal call to holiness that all of us are called to holiness regardless of age and vocation. And that this young child, so her cause is open. You can get little holy cards there to pray to her. And her cause has been open because she understood holiness even at this very, very young age. I think she was like six or seven, it seems, from her picture. Right. And um, so it's just a, a good reminder to us of redemptive suffering in this church that is connected to Jerusalem. Um, where Christ suffered, where Christians continue to suffer, and what we can do with our suffering, that our suffering isn't in vain, and that our suffering can be united to Christ's suffering and create and really produce great fruit. Yeah, it is such a, a beautiful story, and the chapel. Uh, at one point, she lost her leg to the cancer, and she actually thanked God for that because she knew that mm. that could help convert souls, or sinners, mm. she said sinners, Um to see like a little girl missing one leg, you know, she knew that that would touch people. And yeah, it's just so powerful that, I mean, kids are pretty profound as it is, but just yes. to, to think about that and hear that. So yeah, I love, I love visiting her, her chapel there. And like you said, they have some of her toys. They have some of her writings in the chapel, um, some of her clothes, they have her cane, yeah, it's just a very special place. Oh, another thing about the church. Completely different subject. Uh, we talk about titular churches, um, how every cardinal in the world is assigned a church here in Rome. And in this church, they actually have a list on the wall. It's like etched in marble of every cardinal assigned to this church. And then oh. on the left-hand column, they have a star beside four names. And it's to show that four of those cardinals went on to become Pope. And so this church has had four popes come out of it. And I think they're showing off because that's more than any other church in Rome. Yeah, the current cardinal is the guy from Barcelona. I don't remember his name. It's... Uh, o- Omelia? Omel- I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Omelia. Yeah, it's like it repeats. It's, but uh, so yeah, so keep an eye out for him in the next conclave because... They're about due for another one. It's been a while. Wow. Yeah, four popes That's from this. Fun. I think the last is Benedict the 15th. It's one of the Benedicts, not the 16th, but one of the earlier Benedicts. Yeah, so like we said, lots lots about this church. I read that there's a ch- the chapel of St. Helen, um, which obviously is not the chapel that we usually celebrate Mass in, is reserved only for the Pope and for the titular cardinal. So I don't know. Um, I don't know where... What chapel that is? That's to tell you, the truth. you know after is it you, before you yeah when you're walking up the steps, the, yeah the stations, and there's a little altar there. Oh, that chapel! It's just oh, I don't, I don't okay. even know why they call it a chapel. I mean, it's okay. It's the altar. The altar used to be in the relic chapel. I thought it was this a long okay. time ago. That's where yeah they should I, put it back. Maybe oh, if a pope okay. ever comes. But yeah, what uh, the sacristan said oh. that uh, John Paul II was the last person to celebrate mass there. Not the last okay. person, the last. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess the last person to celebrate yeah, right at that person. altar, not at the church. but Yeah. Well. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it's available for popes and the titular. Well. I mean, if that was my church, I would definitely go and celebrate. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. And that's another thing, and I guess we'll talk about this more on Good Friday, but you would think there'd be more people at this church because of the importance and because of the relics it has. And it's usually 
empty, I think. I think the only time I've really run across a crowd was when there was the youth synod in Rome and they were having some gathering there. But um, when my brother and sister-in-law came to visit me in Rome, I took them there and they were so stunned that no one was there. And my brother was like, everybody should be here. That A few days later, we had some extra time. And he's like, can we go back to Santa Croce? And we went back because he was like, why, why, why isn't everyone here? Yeah, so I rarely it's see generally empty people in the church. Today at the mass, there was there's maybe like 30 or 40 people, but it was it's crazy. A mass, a Sunday mass. But yeah. yeah, just normal opening hours, you would think you know, people flock to the Trevi Fountain or the Spanish Steps, and then this church which is so important has so many amazing things in it and it's always empty. Yeah. And it's it's right down the street from the cathedral which I assume most pilgrims to Rome visit. Um, right. It's, it's like, not hard to get to. No. It's not, you know, it's, it is, you know, like we've mentioned, we were talking about John Ladder and like, you have to go there. It's not like you're going to walk by it, but um, it's not hard to get to. And it's open. It's not, I mean, it closes for Reposo, but it's not like these churches we're talking about that we're basically saying, don't try to go there. Cause when you go there, it'll probably be closed. Go, like yeah. go to this, this church this and make it, make an effort. List. Yeah. Um, yes. I think one problem too is, not to blame it on the American seminarians, but they don't do station masses on Sundays. They do the mass with the community. Oh, they don't do them at all right now, but in normal times. And so I think that's how a lot of the seminarians see churches is during the stations. They go to all these churches that a lot of people don't visit. And so a lot of them miss this church. I've had people that I knew that studied here that had never gone to this church in their four or five years in Rome. And that's I, I couldn't believe it. Like That's crazy. <laughs> like, oh, I had no idea this was here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you yeah. imagine? No. But again, it's like, although we the about, first time there's... I went on pilgrimage, we didn't go there, you know, because we were in Rome for like two and a half days. So yeah, you, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling what people miss. Don't miss this church. Right. And if you want to know why, well, we gave you plenty of reasons why, but Good Friday, that's yeah. the, yes. that's when you'll get the, so. Uh, even better stuff. All right. Well, okay. is that it for this church well, then, Joni? I think so. Until Good Friday. All right. So happy Rose Sunday. Hope you're rejoicing. Yes, rejoice. And rejoice. And we'll talk, talk, to, talk you to you tomorrow. tomorrow. From a church that you've never been to. Not you. You, the listeners. Right. You may. Probably not. You've been there. Unless you're Father Earthman. Yeah. I think I've only been here a couple times. Okay. Anyway. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.